Thank you for listening to Spiritual Teachings with Shunyamurti, recorded live at the Sat Yoga Ashram in Costa Rica. To join us for a life-changing meditation retreat, or to make a donation to support this transformational work, please visit our website, www.satyoga.org. To access more teachings or guided meditations from Shunyamurti, please visit the members section of our website or our YouTube channel, Sat Yoga Institute. Namaste. In the early phases of the spiritual journey, when the quest becomes conscious and deliberate and serious, the approach tends to be divided among four personality types, we could say. Not the personality strategies that the ego applies so much, but there are people oriented toward action. And, uh, and their motivation is immediately to do something, to achieve something on the physical level, make something happen. And they will be involved in whatever, acquiring land for a, an ashram or building a church or a, a mosque or a temple or writing a book or doing something uh, to... Uh, to spread the word and to create conditions for their own spiritual growth and perhaps for others. Perhaps they'll just leave their job and move to the country and focus like Thoreau did at Walden Pond on his own uh, self's inner life. Whatever, it'll be an active approach service. And, uh, and then there are those whose approach is more devotional, the bhakti types, who will be more interested in, uh, in prayer and in devotional activities, could be going to church and, and, uh, or going to the Hindu temple and doing pujas and uh, supporting the the work of monks and priests and uh, participating in uh, in holidays and events going on their knees into uh, the cathedral of the Virgin of Guadalupe all those kinds of activities that humble the the ego and uh, bring it into a more devotional relation to God. And then there are the, uh, the meditative types who say, no, no, I just want to sit and you know, practice uh, going deep within, and I don't want to know anything about uh, external practices or action or even prayer. I just want to try to find out what is... Uh, the meaning of I, or however the the quest is uh, is formulated, and then there are the jnani types who will want to read up on it, read everything they can on comparative religion. What do the Buddhists think? What are the mystical Christians uh, talking about? What are the uh, the uh, the deepest philosophical understandings of the nature of reality 
and they will get uh, caught up in those uh, metaphysical structures and edifices that they hope will lead to ever higher levels of uh, perception and clarity. As one goes further on the path, uh, the, the division really uh, begins to break down not into four but just into two. And uh, one is the, uh, the feeling of the capacity to do it oneself. Uh, and the, the, the sense that uh, uh, I know I am one with God, I will realize the jnana uh, as, uh, as an act of will to silence the mind, and I won't depend on any, any external sources of authority or of help uh, or of internal and then there are the bhakti approach is I surrender to God. And so when one comes to an approach like that of Sri Ramana, in which the, the very direct path is offered, then one either tends to think, uh, all right, I'll do Atma Vichara, I will uh, ask who am I, and that's it. And nothing else needs to be done. And, uh, and I won't deal, worry about action because prarabdha karma is determined anyway. Whatever shall be, shall be. Kesara, sara. And uh, I'll focus entirely on, uh, on the Atma Vichara and investigate this question of, of who am I. But then there, the, the bhakti type says, no, I can't do that. I can't concentrate, really. I can't reach this, or it's too abstract, or I don't, uh, I don't get it on that level. <clears throat> but what I can do is surrender to God. I'll surrender my life to God. And, uh, and what they generally mean by that is, um, is a surrender of one's bodily life in the beginning. In other words, uh, I'll, do, I'll do what is necessary to follow the Dharma. I will lead as sattvic a life as possible. Or I'll dedicate myself in service in some very formal way. Or I'll join a community that's dedicated to, to such uh, an approach. And I'll surrender uh, to God and Guru and Dharma and Sangha and take refuge with the Buddha, whatever the approach is. But it will be uh, it will be a, a a partial surrender, because although the the bodily life will be surrendered and uh, perhaps speech will be surrendered, which is a, a much more uh, subtle and difficult sadhana. In other words, if I'm surrendered to God, then my, uh, my words should always be about God. I shouldn't talk about anything else. There shouldn't be any small talk. There shouldn't be any vulgar speech. There shouldn't be any gossip. There shouldn't be any ego undermining of other people's uh, quest for the purity of heart, uh, of, of God consciousness. I mustn't uh, let my maya leak out to others. I shouldn't talk about my doubts and my fears and my confusions to other people so they don't uh, mimic it and, and 
I don't create psychic contagion and, and undermine the morale of, of others who are on the quest. All of those aspects of the, uh, uh, the hygiene of speech uh, will become part of one's, uh, one's service, one's uh, surrender to God. One won't use speech as an instrument of the ego any longer, but uh, as an instrument to remind oneself and others of why we're here and of the, uh, the presence of God that should always be motivating our actions and our words. But then what happens is that at a very much more refined and profound level of the search, it becomes clear that the only real surrender is of the mind itself. Any other surrender is just a, 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 a superficial outward, and often it can be a hypocritical approach. Because, yeah, you can speak all the right words, and you can do all the right philanthropic things, and you can get up for 4 a.m. meditation and do all of that, but inside you're thinking about all kinds of maya. And the mind is not uh, willing or able to remain focused on uh, pure awareness. <clears throat> and so the one who is doing self-investigation discovers the same thing. I'm trying to do atma vichara, but the thoughts are wandering. The thoughts are going in other directions. There's distraction. There isn't this continuous, unbroken uh, remembrance of I am I. And not remembrance as a thought, but as the realization of that. It's not happening, you see. So when one reaches that point, then there is no longer any difference between surrender and atma-vichara. They are the same. And it comes down to one's will to surrender all of one's thoughts. Okay, because, and, and going to the very root thought, the very th I thought that creates and sustains the ego, that that itself must be offered to the silent presence that is pure awareness. Nothing else counts but that. And if that isn't done, then really all the other efforts were in vain because uh, the ego will simply uh, create another dream and forget about it at some point with the death of the body and, uh, and the karma will not end. However, it may be that in the next life, because of all of that good karma that one did, uh, one will, will be born into a dream that's very opportune for completing the journey. But that's another dream. We don't want to put off to another dream and all of, uh, of those unknown uh, chances or lack thereof uh, to what can be gained now. So at some point it becomes very clear. Nothing else really counts in this spiritual journey except the complete, constant, offering of the I thought until it is incinerated in the fire of yoga, the fire of the union of waking attention with the pure awareness that 
destroys the ego and and uh, brings the rebirth as the manifestation of the self or you could say the unmanifestation of the self because one will no longer be identified with manifest form but with that formless presence that is transcendent of all manifestation but will appear in the manifest dream to others to those who seek so it is this realization that the two are one the atma vichara and the self surrender which can only happen through love it can't happen just through some intellectual curiosity it's not going to happen through willpower alone it's not going to happen through any other uh, force or uh, or good karma it's not going to happen as a result of how much money one gave to charity or uh, or donated to uh, to an ashram or any of those things they'll help all of that helps because it shows the one's willingness to make a sacrifice and and the more one is willing to sacrifice at the partial level of body of speech of money of time of energy of goodwill of uh, all of those forms the more sattvic one's uh, ego becomes and the more the sanskara of sacrifice then leads to the final ability to sacrifice the i thought itself one's dearest treasure uh, and let go of the fear of the loss of everything that that entails to the ego the loss of your free will your your options to decide to do something else with your life uh, all all of that that the uh, the especially postmodern ego uh is so reluctant to give up and uh and to make a commitment toward anything let alone a commitment that's going to require the elimination of the ego that makes that commitment so this is a very rare capacity for total self sacrifice and it is that that and that alone that enables the investigation of the i thought to be continuous and to therefore be able to pierce through the plane of representation of the i into the i itself the eye of the needle the eye of shiva the eye that is the eye from which god sees and that i we can only be we cannot look at it from a, an objective perspective you can never see god except by being that and that means you can't be anything else like an ego and so the plane of thought must be traversed and pierced into the realization and then uh thought then as an egoic construct never again appears thought emerges from the silence when uh service uh, of uh, of those seekers is required but the thought happens 
not with any egoic intention, but as a spontaneous outflowing of body and mind from which the self has now uh, transcended and is no longer identified with anything that happens in the apparent world. Because the apparent world is no longer an apparent world to the self. It is simply the self itself. That's all. There is no other. And it's this shift of perception by perceiving through the eye of Shiva that changes everything. And one lives no longer in time, but in the eternal present. And what lives is not a person, but simply a pure awareness that is nowhere and everywhere and is simply absolute love, absolute blissful love that has no motivation, no desire, no fear, and no internal movement, stillness, which is one of the reasons why that living symbol Arunachala was given to Sri Ramana, because the word itself, Aruna, is the light of the eye of Shiva, and Achala is the unmoving stillness that enables that light to be revealed. And so each of us must become the living symbol of Arunachala Shiva, the supreme and only self, through the total surrender of the ego mind and its core thought of I am this body into the real I that is not a thought and not an object of any kind but the blissful awareness that is absolute and ever-present and ever-shining with its own light of love. This is what we are. This is what we are now. And it can only be found now in the present that transcends time. It cannot be found by the ego trapped in time, believing in time, and it won't have enough time to achieve its own transcendence if it believes that it is something that must do that. It is the surrender of the belief that there is an ego acting to gain liberation from the illusion that is what is to be surrendered. And therefore the whole idea of a gradual process must be surrendered. It can only happen instantaneously in the timeless present because no other real moment exists except the absolute now. And so when it becomes clear, when the dawn of the light of the recognition that one must surrender all other desires, all desires for 
the bodily gratifications, the ambitions of the personality, the drives based on social adaptation and, uh, and the, the wish for, uh, for higher levels of, of life, even the most uh, beautiful intentions uh, won't pave the way to uh, the eternal present but will get in the way and keep one creating more karma, even if it's good karma, it's karma. And uh, to get beyond that illusion, there must be a sacrifice even of one's ideal ego image and of the ego ideals that one was given to, to live as an upright citizen and be an example and a role model all of that, they're just thoughts. And on the other side, of course, giving up the belief that I'm a failure and a sinner and unworthy and all of that. But which, whatever sorts of thoughts one is having, whether that one's not worthy of doing it or one is worthy of doing it, that one is what must be dissolved into pure presence. That one is not real. That one does not exist and is the final obstacle to the zero point for whom there is no one at all, ever, but the self that is God. You are that. May there be no doubt, no hesitation, no waiting, no maya, no obscuration, by false ideas and emotions and the simple letting go in the here and now into the blissful self that you are. Thank you for listening to the Spiritual Teachings with Shunyamurti podcast. For more information on programs and retreats, click on the calendar section of our website, www.satyoga.org. Our work is made possible by the generous support of our listeners, viewers, and members. To make a donation, please visit the donate page of our website. We thank you for your support in our mission to share this timeless wisdom with the world. Namaste.